If you've enjoyed the content we've made so far in 2023, we're asking you to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny and toss us $10 to say thanks as part of August kind of funny Patreon pledge drive. That 10 spot would get you access to more than 300 exclusive episodes of content. And to give you a taste, we're posting one of our Patreon shows just like this each Saturday and Sunday in August. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. It's me, Tim Geddes. I might look like I'm alone because I am right now, but soon. Very soon, within seconds, maybe a minute. I just saw him walk back in the other room. Oh, he's coming. He's coming. We are seconds away from being joined by bitch Courtney himself, Barrett Courtney. <laughs> right before we started recording this, I was saying all the different Barrett names, and I, I, uh, you started hesitated. with a bit, and I was like, Are you about to call me bitch? Courtney? No, I wasn't. And then I was like, Now I'm going to, yeah, now I'm yeah. I to. put it out there in the universe, and like, uh, whose theory is it? Whatever can happen will happen. From uh, fucking that Nolan movie, Interstellar. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I forget what it's called. Yeah, what, yeah. Remember when we fucking like traveled through time to be mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry. For love. Pe- yeah, it is about love. It's always about what love. a fucking weird movie. What a really weird. I love it though. It's so good. It, I've appreciated was, it more over time. See, it's one of those ones where I haven't appreciated it more or less since I first saw it over the years. Mm. The every time I watched, I'm like, yeah, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Very fair. Very fair. Because there's a lot going on in it. Yeah. I feel like the hype moments of it, though, are, like, unrivaled. Mm. Like, the whole... The, the first two-thirds of the movie, I'm like, this is fucking phenomenal. The mm. last third, I understand kind of, like... Yeah, where it gets getting a little weird. A little too heady. Yeah, and it either works yeah. for you or it doesn't. Um, and I'm shout out to Matt Damon, though. Oh, shout <laughs> out to Matt Damon, dude. My guy. What a cameo. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing well. It, it's one of those weird things where I've put so much time into Zelda in the last ten days mm-hmm. that uh, time has no meeting. Like I was, I was going through. You know, we back up a lot of our shows just in case uh, it all burns down. We have to re-upload every uh, piece of content we've ever made, right? So I was backing things up and then deleting things off a of computer. And it was like two weeks ago or like eleven days ago or whatever that we were doing the launch day Zelda stream. So I was like, that was yesterday. Wasn't it? Yeah. That was just it the other feels day. Like that, for sure. <laughs> it, it's wild, man. I haven't been this enamored with a game in so long, mm. except Pokemon Scarlet and Violet happened in November. And like, yeah. but before that, it was like, it's been a very long time that a game I'm just lost in in a way. Like God of War Ragnarok and stuff, yeah. I was like addicted to it. I'm like, I need right. it. I but want that's it. like a week one and done kind exactly. of thing. Even doing a lot of like the cool side content. Yeah. yeah. So this, you know, having Zelda or uh, Jedi Survivor lead right into this, like, man. And then Final Fantasy 16 right around the corner. Like, yeah. I, I can't believe it. And then Spider-Man 2. Weird days I'm, away I'm, I'm from scared seeing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. I'm, I'm scared with Final Fantasy 16. It's one of those where it's like. I, I'm I'm riding off the hype of you and uh, Haim and and Andy, and I don't like. <laughs> I really want to like the game, but at the same time, I hope it's just like another Final Fantasy game that doesn't hit for me. Yeah, because like after Tears of the Kingdom, like I need to not look at a video game for like I get a it. good I get couple it. months. <laughs> it is very different though. Like from I, I played yeah. about six hours of it, and it's very story heavy. Like mm. it's extremely story heavy. Yeah. For the, oh, I should have brought this up in Games Daily actually. Like it. It's cutscenes, man. Yeah. Cutscenes, cutscenes, cutscenes. Well, even engaging, that, it just like a, being in video, like just living in video games for like the last month. Because I, I said on earlier on Games Daily of like, yeah, I put sixty eight hours into Jedi so Survivor. Uh, I know uh, for the platinum, and I did all of that within two weeks. Yeah, and then now I'm like roughly seventy five hours into Tears of the Kingdom after ten days. Like I just. 
I need to not fucking stare at a screen while playing something, you know? What What's your, your mix of handheld versus docked? Um, For Tears of the Kingdom, I started docked, and that's because I started Breath of the Wild docked, and, I, like, back in the day, living at... You, you remember that tiny apartment that we yeah. used to live in uh, uh, near the beach? And, you know, at the time, it felt like a big TV to me of what we could fit into that tiny apartment. But I started Breath of the Wild on the TV, and I wanted to do the same thing uh, for Tears of the Kingdom, so... I've been trying to the best of my ability to like have main quest stuff be on the big screen, yeah. especially because of Me like too. being as vague as possible of just like some of the kind of sequences you get into some of the main quest stuff. It's like I I need that full immersion, like having that, that big screen with all that. Um, I failed a couple of times because there are times that I've been here and I'm like, the next thing I have to do is like this quest. I might as well just uh, do it here. So yeah, a lot of like exploring shrine uh side adventure stuff uh and handheld and to the best of my ability trying to do main quest stuff um on the big screen um and you know yeah i've kind of been the same way where i want definitely wanted to start it on the the big screen and any of the main big stuff when i when i can tell Dude, that opening coming that up opening on yeah the fucking big screen come on so good but i'm so impressed with how great it is as an experience on handheld because like Breath you know, of the Wild, you know, where it's like the I feel like the the shrine kind of like a concept. design yeah. philosophy around it makes it such a good handheld, like I'm gonna knock out a shrine or five and then just like not even think about it for a little bit. And know? that's so cool. You know, we we talk about Peace uh Walker a lot. Um yeah, Peace Walker. Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. Okay. Uh, not Peacemaker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, on the on the PSP. Yeah. And it, that game kind of taking the Metal Gear formula and designing it around like, all right, cool, this is going to be a bit more coming, come out, mission-based mm. gameplay um, that we've then seen kind of get back into the core Metal Gear franchise after that with just five, I guess. But yeah. um, it changed the way that game kind of was, uh, what our expectations are of a Metal Gear game. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Breath of the Wild in so many ways did that. But I don't think we talk enough now about how well designed it is for that handheld right. play and docked play like how it can so seamlessly be like this epic adventure but then also just be like uh oh yeah you're just popping and doing a couple things here like i i feel like that's something that uh even like mario hasn't cracked the code on yet like mm. with odyssey there's a million things to do i think it, odyssey i don't think does it well enough to or as well as like breath of the wild or tears of the kingdom but there's still a little bit of like the um how much time it takes to actually like get moons or whatever. Yeah. I, I, I think there's still a little bit of that uh philosophy in there of like go explore and there is, find some moons guess, for a couple minutes or whatever. It's hard for me to put in words why, but I feel like Mario Odyssey handheld is a lesser experience than Docs. But like it, there's still get it, rewards. Though, yeah. It's still like I think the gameplay uh is good for the um bite size kind of in and out gameplay. But mm -hmm. I think that just the experience overall, like the platforming, the way the game's designed, I think there's something about Zelda because of how open it is and because of how much yeah. time it takes to get from one place to another, whether you're running with the stamina meter meter or with a horse or anything, mm -hmm. that I think lends itself to the handhelds like working a little bit better because then i feel like there's less like big noise moment. kind of like yeah, uh, being yeah. thrown at you the, yeah I, I definitely i see that where, where do you stand on kirby <laughs> kirby uh the, the forgotten land yeah um that, i mean that was a game because of the like you know you know actually i think i just cracked the code of, huh? of what i think it is yeah i think it's the soundtrack I think that when a game has uh, like the the ever present soundtrack, the the the, the absolutely pumping jams yeah. and all that, stop. <laughs> um, I feel like that kind of like I want the full TV experience, and it feels like there's a lot going on. Whereas yeah. Zelda, being as chill as it is, with a little 
here's a couple piano keys here and there. Yeah. Like, I feel like that. And that makes sense with, like, kind of the bigger sequences where, like, I don't know if you've, I don't think you've gotten to, like, your first big experience in uh, Zelda yet, Almost. but the sequence in, Andy and I were talking about this uh, over the weekend, the sequence in music in these big set piece uh, like areas are like chill inducing and i'm so so fucking good stoked for that because i mean you you know me in music and stuff i i feel like breath of the wild i love how different it is and i love how it doesn't go the bombastic route because it's different it fits the vibe and stuff the 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 soundtrack is the nature in that game absolutely and it's great it's beautiful um but when I go back to listen to Zelda music, I don't find myself going to the Breath of the Wild unless it's the trailer music. Like, I go to, like, the super Fair. big hype stuff. Or, like, the, uh, what is it, the um, Hyrule Castle. But getting to Hyrule Castle in Breath of the Wild, so that good. was, like, a holy shit. Like, yeah. this is so thrilling. And They it, really, I like, think... held back, and then, like, they've gone all out for the sequel. And that's why I can't wait to get more of it. What, what, uh, we were talking about this earlier today. Um wh- in Ocarina of Time, you know, the one of the iconic, uh, not like big bombastic tracks, but the where does that play? Because I'm convinced it's a shop, but like a Blessing was saying maybe that's a town. And I'm like, I'm. T- Isn't that Kakariko Village theme? Is it? I'm pretty sure it is. See, I thought Kakariko was a bit more calm. Or maybe I'm just thinking of a bonus theme. Village. Because for whatever reason, I hear that, like, that track triggers, I've just walked into oh. a door as Kid Link. And this, oh. this is Kakariko. You're right. It's a lot, the chill one. Because I was going to say, I think Kakariko, at least in Breath of the Wild, I think pays homage to that track. Not fully, but, like, you get a little bit of it. So I'm blanking on what the fuck... This is Castle Town. What is that theme? Do like shop music. Do it again. No, this is the shop. That's the shop? Yeah. Do, where's... I don't know if you guys could hear this. This is a pump and jam. What is the... Um, core, uh, not Korok Forest. Yeah, no, the or the Deku, uh, village. Let's see, Kokiri Forest. Kokiri, thank you. What? Not this. No, this is different. Hmm. Let us know in the comments. Lost Woods. Below. Let's go. No, of course no, not. Lost Woods is. What the fuck? Wait, I'm like tripping balls right now. Like how? I know. It's driving me insane. And this is a very engaging <laughs> podcast. Uh, you know what? People, people love it. I know. Man. We're like, because uh, I know like people are watching this and they're screaming at us. Like, they know the answer. Yeah, they know the answer. Tell us the answer. Why aren't you helping us? <laughs> All right, let's see. Deku Tree. No. Is there different shop music? Or Doesn't is there like specific like shop it. music? No. It's there is shop insane. music, but it's, it's the one I played earlier. Um, it's not like oh this is the this is like the game shop place or this is the god ocarina time soundtrack is just fucking so good it's great man all right i'm gonna spend one more minute looking for this Ooh, ooh. could it be lawn lawn ranch no because that's going to be a bonus theme okay okay 
God, long, long rant. Every every area of that game is fucking icon iconic sound, iconic music, and of course the one piece of music I can't fucking put my finger on of where it was. Dude. I think that's when you race Epona. All right, well, yeah. I don't know. I just don't you know. You know the track. Yeah. And so, yeah, leave in the comments below where where that track plays in Ocarina of Time. I, I assume, too, it's probably used in other Zelda games. But I feel like Ocarina is, like, the one that, like, it came from. Give it to me one more time. I've lost it at this oh, point. We've listened yeah, to I so know. many we different tracks. We so fucked I've it up. Completely... Well, I'm yeah. sure a million people. Well, 10 people probably yeah, have already yeah, told yeah. us. Um, <laughs> let's get into some questions. Let's we don't have too many questions this month, mm. um, but we do have a couple. For me and you, Bear, remember, thank you for all your support over on Patreon. Uh, every month we do this with a different combo of people. Yeah, it's my um, third time doing this. Yeah. The first time I did it with Greg, and I remember that was a work-from-home era thing, and Greg was so busy, and in the last second he was like, hey, can you host it? I was like, oh, uh, sure, cool. <laughs> and then the last time I did it, I think it was with Mike, so, yeah. There we go. Uh, we got Cozy Bear writing in, saying, what are your favorite and least favorite things about taking care of your pets? You got Lulu. I do have Lulu. the prettiest dogs I've ever met in my life. She's she's looking more like a um, a retriever every day because we haven't groomed her in a while. Mm. Um, it's usually like uh, like winter break and then spring break and then the summer. But spring break we were both pretty busy, so we didn't have time to uh, take Lulu to get groomed. And the one lady she likes at the place that we go to only works on the weekdays. Mm. Um, so we're gonna uh, school's almost out, so she'll get groomed soon. But because she's got, like, this really long coat, she's looking uh, more like a retriever than she does usually kind of a weird chihuahua retriever mix. So um, I'm trying to think of my least favorite thing of taking care of Lulu. This girl does not know how to take a shit. I'm going to mm. be honest. Yeah, it, It's one of those, like, uh, she has to find the perfect spot. You know, like they do their sniffing and stuff, but she does it in like a panicked way. Yeah. She's like, I got, I, it's about to come out. I got to yeah. find the perfect spot. It's like, it's all dirt. It's all grass. You can just take a shit anywhere. Um, So her, like, I know it's not a big deal, but her getting nervous makes me nervous. Yeah. And then she does the thing, you know, like the, the kind of classic pose where they're pooping. But then like she's, she walks while she does it or like a lot of dogs will like, kind of stay still. They've picked their spot and they know they just got to. Like kind of dig their Broke their down. paws in just to like get the poop out, and then she's just fucking like squat walking, just like, and it just fucking it makes me so nervous. Um, and it, of course, like a lot of times, shit like I know that a poop has gone wrong when it's like <laughs> a lot of the poop has come out, but then she keeps doing her squat walk, and I'm like, uh oh, uh, something uh -oh. like stuck or she had yep. a string or, hair something, or like something. a hair or Good some bullshit. Lord. And it's more often than not that that happens, and it's just, yeah, so that's that's probably my least favorite thing. My favorite thing, taking care of Lulu, not just about Lulu herself. Um, I don't get to do it as much because we're working in office, but I did really love in the work-from-home era, uh, especially when, like, Alyssa went back uh, in person to school, uh, that's when Lulu kind of finally warmed up to me and started respecting me of like, Oh, you're someone who takes care of me. And you know, uh, I see you as a, as a loved one and not just like a dude I growl at most yeah. of the day. And like only when I feel like playing am I friends with you. Um, I love going on walks. 
uh, with Lulu and just kind of like getting lost in our neighborhood. There's so much to like kind of explore uh, in our corner of the city. And especially in the work from home era where you're just fucking staring at screens the entire day and you're just like constantly on the internet. It was like when I went to take out Lulu for lunch, like I like unplugged from the internet of like I don't look at my phone when we go on walks and I just like I put in AirPods and I listen to music or a podcast and I just like we would just get like lost for like an hour to an hour and a half and that was like always the most fun thing and I'll, whenever like we do like weird like under scheduled work from home days because Kevin's like making a computer or uh, whatever um, I'll get to, I'll be able to get to do that again uh, from time to time and that's always nice to just kind of like kind of unplug get out into the the fresh open air and just like kind of have her like a, a little bit of alone time because on the weekends like we you know it's the it's the uh, it's the trio it's me Alyssa and, uh, and Lulu but it's all it sometimes it's nice for just the two of us yeah a little bonding time yeah a little exactly. shaking things up yeah I'm, I'm real similar to you with the with a lot of that stuff I have both Moose and Toretto and like they could not be better or worse depending on the the moment that I'm talking about them like <laughs> I love them so much like they they get along so well like they are best friends they are brothers awesome. and like that's it's so did you so take, cool um uh moose to like meet Toretto or no. anything okay no okay. I mean we went from seeing a picture of Toretto to him living with us in the matter of six hours like <laughs> and yeah so it's like literally so like it was the, like a big gamble of oh like yeah these two, no, were, totally. these two dudes were gonna be homies and immediately it was like night one like toretto was scared out of his mind that hasn't changed much right. but moose was there for him and like they like cuddled together and like from that mm, moment on i was like i got so you bro um yeah, so yeah i remember but, how scared lulu was like when she first got home because it, it like she was a rescue from puerto rico so it was like and the place that we got her from, it was like she wasn't there yet, but they knew that like her and her litter were coming. They had pictures, and Alyssa and our roommate at the time, um, who was living with uh, us and Andy a couple of years back, they had been looking for a dog for months. Um, and they saw a picture of uh, Lulu and her sibling who were coming up, uh, who is now named Chicken Nugget, uh, which is fucking hilarious. Uh, Alyssa saw that photo, and she really wanted Lulu. Um, but wasn't sure if Lulu was still going to be there by the time they got there. And she was like, I really want Lulu. I'll have to go. With, uh, like, if she's not there, I'll go with this dopey looking chicken nugget look looking motherfucker. But uh, <laughs> Lulu happened to be there. And so I think within like a span of like a little over 24 hours, Lulu had like been in Puerto Rico where she was like born and spent like the first, I don't know, like six months of her life. And then went on a plane, which was probably very traumatizing for her. And then went to a stranger's house and then after warming up to those strangers, a different stranger came to that house and took her away <laughs> and yeah. then came to a house without her siblings. Because uh, I, I, when she got picked up, like, uh, she came up with her sister, but, like, a bunch of the other siblings were already there. So she had, like, four other siblings that she, like, was able to be with. And then um, then she came to a house full of strangers with no siblings. And I it's remember just dark. How yeah, and like when you start thinking about it, it's fucked up when you think so, about it. It's so fucked up, and yeah, it's like that for both Moose and Toretto. We got them at the exact same time where they were ten weeks old mm. each, um, and they're about a year apart. So it was just funny, kind of seeing the same process happen again yeah. as they grow and change. And it's also funny to look at them and like how when we see them when they're like little tiny dudes and be like, oh, I know exactly what you're going to look like when you get bigger. And like, they're both not what we expected in completely different ways. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, it's just, it's funny. Cause like, what's my favorite thing. And again, it's about taking care of the pets versus just the pets in general. Right. That's hard to distinguish, I think. But like my favorite thing is like everything. I am obsessed with them. I love them. It is like Moose and Toretto are my favorite things on this planet. Like 
that's just how that works. Yeah. And it's just so weird that it's like, <laughs> I, I didn't know I was capable of this level of love and of yeah. this level of like joy and happiness that something brings me. It's like 100%. literally every day I think about them and it makes that moment better. I get home and like, see them and like get to hold them and like yeah. walk around with them. And they it's get just, so excited that you're so home. Great. Yeah, it's, and like, it's so good. I remember, uh, I, I forget if it was before they had like found Lulu on uh, with like whatever uh, program that they had adopted her from, or if it was just like in the middle of them trying to find a dog to, to adopt. Um, but I remember saying like, I'm like, I'm scared of bringing a dog into the house. Cause like, I don't know if I'm going to love them. Like I, I love like my dog back home. Uh, Zoe, who's a rescue Chihuahua that my mom adopted right when we first moved to San Francisco. So this was like 2009 and like, I was not a part of the adoption process. I did not pick Zoe. Um, I think I was like out with some friends or whatever and then came home and there's just like this tiny, like Chihuahua there. And I, when I came home, she was the first, I was the first one that she like wagged her tail at and got excited uh, about. So that's why uh, I got to name her. Um, and I named her after uh, Zoe, which is the, uh, your, love interest at the very end of the of bully i don't know if you yeah like the redhead punk girl um and i fucking love bully and i i think i had just been having to like replay it around that time so um and she means a lot to me like i've you know she's and she's still alive and kicking kicking? yeah man which is insane because i i think when they got her it was like theater like they didn't know exactly how old she was but like the estimate was like maybe a year and a half and like we're shit we're like 14 years later and wow. she's still she's still around whenever i facetime my mom she will hear my voice and get all excited and That's stuff awesome. and if i whenever i go home she's still like you know like e- playing with her is the easiest thing because you just stare at her for a long time and then you go like this and then she just fucking runs on her own like around the house so funny and anytime i go home even with how old she is she still does that shit and it's fucking awesome so i was like she means a lot to me and it was uh sad when uh my mom and uh, the rest of my family kind of moved uh, from California back home to Ohio because uh, you know, obviously I miss them, but it was also like eh, that's my dog. Yeah. Um, so I was like scared about like getting another dog and how that all how that all would all feel. And then it's fucking funny to think about that uh, a couple of years later. Where it's like Lulu is such my dog, you know. Yeah. Um, where I, I posted the the picture the other night where I I think it was Friday night where. I wanted to stay up after the long stream that we did and play Zelda, but then I just fucking passed out cuddling Lulu. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was fucking great. No, that's yeah. great. My least favorite thing, I mean, it, it's so much shit with Moose. Toretto is an angel. Like, 10 <laughs> out of 10, no notes. Mm. Um, Like, any con that he has is just like, his bark's kind of stupid. Like, it's things like that. Like, <laughs> it's like, they'll learn, either don't do it or figure it out. Like, yeah. Um, whereas Moose is just like, I, I don't know where along the line he just like got some bad habits and mm. it, it sucks trying to break him. But like, he barks like an asshole and it's like, dude, you need to stop, man. Like it, he like Pomeranians take their guard dog job very seriously. That's what yeah. everyone always says. And it's just like, you can chill out a little bit. Like you don't yeah. need to bark at everything. Uh, Lulu's very similar. Doing. And that's like the weird, cause she's like a mutt essentially. And like the closest things they got in DNA was like, yeah, she's like, a third chihuahua a third retriever and the, the last third they don't even fucking know um and like you definitely the older she has gotten the more into her chihuahua habits she's gotten into so it is very like i'm small and i'm guard doggy and stuff and because she was also a covid pet like 
getting strangers into the house is like a kind of a process where you have to like just don't look her in the eye. She she sees that as a challenge and like Hilarious. besides that, she'll probably like be your shadow and like make sure like just to see where you're going throughout the house. But like she's still like a tiny dog. Like if she nips at you, she's tiny. It won't hurt. Uh, like a friend of ours really pushed her buttons and like wanted to see it, like pushing the envelope to see like how far she goes. And he was like, oh, she snaps. But then she like. The snaps are just like kind of little gnaws or whatever, but it's still like a, I don't know, like where in her like brain where she like went from being this cute little dog that we would take out on walks and she would sit at any stranger that she saw to wait for pets. She went from that to being like, fuck anybody who yeah. isn't my crew. And I, I don't know where the fuck that happened. It, it's but, weird. Yeah. It's really weird, especially when I have both of them. And I'm like, yeah. why is one of them like this? One like this? It, it's weird. <laughs> but the, the least favorite thing about taking care of them for sure is I got two white little fluff balls all right oh, the hair and when tummy's hurt things are coming out bad Ooh. oh it's a disaster man the amount yeah. of 3 30 a.m like oh i guess they that that bone that they tried that wasn't good for them yep and me and g have to get up and god wipe like, their butts it's, it's very funny too because toretto like i don't know what it is but he just hasn't had the experience as like early as mooses and as often mm. so trying to wash him he's like the fuck are you doing like if i if we pick him up and put him near the sink he freaks out he's like i want he's like a cat yeah, yeah. moose Sims, uh, he knows what's up man yeah he, he sits there puts his hands up puts a little butt out he's like wash me yeah let's go <laughs> it's hilarious lulu like, will like shake uh it, it's funny uh we have two uh bathrooms in our apartment and Andy has the bathroom that has like the one tub, so Andy shares a shower with Lulu essentially. Love that. Um, and so anytime she hears not the shower, but like she knows the noise of like filling up bath, and whenever she hears that, it's like shape. Oh my god, this yeah. is gonna be the worst day of my life. And it's like it, we've done this time and time again. I feel like you know why we do this, and I feel like it, it's not gonna be that big of a deal because you're gonna get out. We're gonna dry you up, and then you're gonna do little zoomies around the house, My and God. it's gonna be fun. The 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 zoomies after being wet is the funniest thing. What it's just like them getting dry, but it also like feels like they're like super hyped up for some Dude, reason. Moose not even just trying mind. to get dry. He runs to his bed and just starts scratching the bed like a fucking crazy person, and he just starts tornadoing around, and it's like. You're not even drying off here. Like, we do a pretty good job drying them. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Uh, what Lulu will do, too, is, like, and this is why, like, we immediately have to, like, take her out of the tub with a towel wrapped around her. And, like, I'll hold her for, like, five minutes because we have a towel that can, like, soak in uh, the, the water pretty easily. Because what she'll do is after a bath, she'll immediately go either to the couch or our bed and start rolling around. Not to dry her off, but I think she likes being stinky. So That's it's like hilarious. she's like trying to like regain her like stink stuff. It's her yeah, stink stuff. Yeah, it's uh, that, that is that is one fun. of our nicknames for her is stinky. Oh God, Toretto stinky dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that boy. I don't know what's wrong with him. He smells so his breath. It's like dude. And we do all like all the greenies, all the like. Yep. Oh my lord. Yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> love those little dudes. Uh, Jared Meyer writes in and says, "Hey guys, Tim." Could you ever see KF expanding its entertainment side of things? By that, I mean have more regular scheduled content around movies and TV. Maybe even bring in a blessing like hire that focuses on entertainment. While I do enjoy the game side of things, content like screencast and interview are what I enjoy most, and I'd love to see that expanded and bring in a new audience. Um, and then there's another question for you that we'll get to in just a second. Yeah, because, yeah, there's, a, there's some things to unpack here. Um, yeah, so with the, uh, with the entertainment side of things... Um, my honest answer is no, I don't. 
I think anything can happen. I don't see kind of funny expanding uh, anytime soon. Like mm. I feel like we're we're in a, a really good spot um, with what we do. And I also think that in terms of the entertainment and like the the blessing higher of the game side and all that, like I just feel like we already do so much entertainment coverage, whether it's right. the screencast we do or in review, um, that most of the things that we would cover, we are covering in some way. Mm. I feel like a lot of the other stuff, like news drops and stuff, we could always do a random video if we wanted yeah. trailer reactions we do those um and then little mentions on the streams or podcasts or stuff i i just think that like tripling down on the actual entertainment side the way that we do video games um i i think that we just learned that we don't have the group for that like yeah it's one of those things where it's like we all come from this industry which granted ign was also like a grab bag of a bunch of different nerd culture but especially like the san francisco location at least like we're engulfed in the video game side of things and it's like we have knowledge of how the movie industry works, but I don't know if any of us are like so in the weeds. See, like, I am. And that's my problem yeah. is that I don't have anyone else to talk to. Like right. That. Like I, I, I wish I could do a kind of funny games daily for screen. Like, stuff, yeah. Entertainment. But stuff. not only do we not have people that want to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and whenever we try, it just ends up not working. Also, the audience isn't there for it in that same way for us. And, right. and like I, I get the answers. Oh, just bring someone on. It's like bringing someone on is like. It's that's so whole, it's yeah, so whole much, and like, process. yeah, it's and it also has to be worth it. It has to the, bring someone on. It's got to be something that we're confident enough in that it would pay off to like make the, in some way, shape, or form, make the audience show up for something that we're making uh, regular content out of for sure. Uh, and that's why, like, uh, like I love the appreciation for whenever we drop an episode of kind of anime where people are like, this needs to be a monthly show and whatever. And like, I knew ahead of time of like. It should be like a Patreon like uh, uh, bar thing that we did mm -hmm. back in October. Um, we just do a few episodes because I knew like we also weren't going to have like the numbers to like kind of justify like a monthly show or anything. Um, and that's just because, yeah, it's it's one of those weird like we're not entirely known for that. We also like don't have a lot of like the expansive expertise, not just like one like, yeah, like you and Joey, I feel like are like most in tune of like movie and entertainment industry like deep dive kind of stuff but the rest of us are a little bit more like casual on like our, our understanding of those things um so yeah it's a it's a it's a whole process to figure all that stuff out there's just a lot i mean the the honest short answer is our goal is always to make the content we want to make that we think you guys want yeah so we're always trying that, and I feel like sometimes it might not be clear looking at things. It's like, oh, like, why don't you guys do screencasts like you used to? And it's like, there's not interest here in doing that. And yeah. it's like, we've tried, and we do it every once in a while, and whenever people are like, oh, I just want to hear an episode of what everyone's been watching, we do those, and no one watches them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, and I, I there's that thing of you need to be consistent in order to get the views. Yeah, like at this point, up, we do so many other things consistently that it is a time resource thing in so many ways, whether it's who's on the shows, who's prepping the shows, mm -hmm. who's running the shows. Right. What other shows do we need to make that are using this set, that are using the other sets? Like, there's only so much resources we can do because of how we built everything. Yeah. We built everything to work so that, and I, I say this with, like, really putting my foot down, we're not going to have layoffs because we build this in a way that works. Mm -hmm. And when you balloon and when you add way too much shit, yep. that's when you things start happening, when things aren't checking out, when the numbers aren't hitting right. Yeah. People get let go. Mm -hmm. And I don't want that to happen. Yeah. So we need to be really smart about every choice we make uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to growth from where we're at. But right. um, the 
The other side of it is I definitely want to do more entertainment stuff. I've definitely been thinking about how to. But here's a good example is Star Wars. Yeah. Our entire team just gave up on Star Wars. <laughs> that makes it really difficult. You then. have me on uh, Star Wars content. That's how you know that everybody else has checked the fuck Which out. Which I fucking I love, and yeah. you're so knowledgeable, and I love talking to you about Star Wars. It's great. It's, yeah. Like, we... But, like, and I understand of, like, uh, like knowing me and, like, uh, like the, uh, I don't know, like, where I'm at in the company, it's like... I'm not a Greg Miller or Nick Scarpino where people, like, want to really hear, like, their takes on Star Wars. So it's like, I like, again, the fact that, like, I'm on the shows, it's like a a good showcase of, like, yeah, they just don't give a shit anymore about that. And, and, you know, there's so many layers here. Yeah. I want to be extremely clear. You are, you're the guy that should be on Star Wars stuff. I love doing Star Wars show with you. Having said that, there is just a reality to the fact that when me and you are on a show that doesn't have Greg or Nick or, like, it's all of a sudden, like, there are people that are just like i'm just not gonna watch that mm. and that sucks yeah <laughs> it's like and but that's realities we have to deal with you know because then when we get people are missing out on us talking about uh space uh serial figures and stuff like that you know <laughs> yeah yeah but when we get um like greg on a movie content or tv show content that he doesn't want to be a part of it's fucking clear and yeah. then that is bad content and we don't want to be it, it's it's this weird self-fulfilling prophecy that like we're trying our best to to manage and that's why we get Carboni and Sage. Yeah. It's like cool, let's we're get people awesome. that actually want to be here and yeah. talk about this. And I love it. Like I so love doing that. So Having said that, cost money. Anytime yeah. we get guests, we're paying for every appearance they're yeah. on and it's like I, that's fine, that's great, but it's like now all of a sudden the show that needs to get X amount of views mm-hmm. is struggling to get those views and now we're paying on top of that. So right. it's like these are all little tiny things that if this, then that, we just need to always be aware of. So- and, and, and that would be even heightened trying to think of, to bring it back to the question, of trying to build out an entertainment equivalent for what we do with video games and then bringing on new people and all that stuff. So, yeah. yeah. There's a lot. We're trying our damn best, and we appreciate you. You see that um, Ray Stevenson passed. I did. Yeah. What a bummer, man. And it's going to be sad when we watch Ahsoka in a couple months. It's like, oh, shit. Dang. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they also write and say, Barrett, I love your special presentations, your mm. gaming interview series, and anytime you're on camera. When you think of yourself in five years, in what ways do you hope you'll continue to grow and evolve with your role at Kind of Funny? It's an interesting question. It's one of those, like, I've had to think about it a lot this year, especially because, yeah, like, this is a different year when it comes to my special presentations of, like, usually in the past, it's like, all right, he's doing one video, and it's going to be about Zelda. He's doing one video, and it's going to be about Assassin's Creed. And I think this is the first time it's like, all right, he's doing four videos, and we'll talk about them when we're ready to talk about them. And I love doing those. Uh, I I love having kind of, like, time to just <clears throat> kind of, like, figure out what I want to write about, take the time to write it, uh, make a very curated experience of a video. Um, and it was funny... Um, Janet, whenever she was last up here, her brother had recently watched the Batman videos that Roger and I worked on. And he was like, oh, my God, these are great. Why is Barrett not on content more? And and here's the simple fact. I think I suck at podcasts. I'm going to be honest. And that's I think that's the, kind of my my theater kid upbringing where it's like even though I founded the improv club in high school, I don't think I was the best at improv. Whereas like I was trained with a script, knowing a script drilling that into my head over and over and over again and like having a thing where it's like i i know where i'm going from point a to point b whereas the more improv side of it of podcasts and stuff i just don't think i'm as natural at it um and so it's one of those things where i don't know 
as far as like on camera kind of uh, thing, at least the on camera side of kind of funny. I don't know if there's really anywhere I do want to go further than just like, you know, being on the Star Wars stuff when we do the Star Wars stuff and then doing a special uh, presentation every once in a while. And that's just because, you know, I, I, I think there's I think after a couple of years, I've started to see where I shine on certain things and knowing when to kind of pull back and be more just like in the background doing director stuff. Um, and that's actually where I kind of like want to focus more on probably in the next couple of years, especially like being back in here and not running a show from my home where it's literally like I press three buttons in the course of like an hour and I'm mainly taking time codes of like having even the simple thing of having the switcher back exactly. and like being able to fuck around with tech stuff. Like I don't think I'll ever get to the level of how Kevin understands technology and how to bring all of those, this together. But I think that's where I kind of like want to kind of uh, grow in the next couple of years of at least getting a little bit closer to Kevin, his understanding of at least like I know how things work. I don't know how to like fucking put it all together essentially. Yeah. So I, I, I want to kind of like hone that stuff. And then the, yeah, going back to like the more on camera stuff, I think like, I think I'm at a solid point of like being on a podcast once in a blue moon and then, you know, making my special presentations when like the inspiration strikes. Right. Uh, I talked about this on one of the Greg ways that I uh, did when Greggy was out um, where when I came to you about the four video essay uh, idea for the Patreon bar goal and stuff, like the last two uh, video essays, like I, I'd, uh, you know, we've already done God of War, we've done uh, Jedi, and those were part of like the original kind of pitch I had. The last two videos that I have left um, are not the original ideas, and that's because like when you know I was coming up with the guys uh, these ideas at the time, I was like, you know, these are really cool, and like uh, you know, I don't have like quite like a solid like vision of what they'll be but we'll get there and then the closer i got to like having to think of like the production for the th third video i was like i actually really don't want to do this idea and i kind of fucking hate this idea and it was luckily that i had like kind of two idea other ideas kind of in the back of my mind of like why don't we just do this and like you know roll with this and stuff like that so it, it, that's another interesting thing of like not doing more uh special presentations or you know not doing like a once uh once a month or anything but like finding when like everything kind of strikes at a perfect time to to bring those together because yeah they are passion projects going back all the way to zelda in review right and uh i like to take time with those and make sure that they're kind of like in my vision as like weird and very niche as they are um so yeah yeah man you, you touched on a, a lot there um and, and so much of I, I super agree with where it's like finding ourselves and finding each other at the, in the team of like yep. what are people good at who should be on this who should be running this who should be all the stuff and i love that it's there's not an answer that we have to live by yeah uh, in the same way you tell me like hey you don't really like the podcast or you don't like the yeah. improv stuff and finding your voice there i think that's great because i like to hear everyone can try everything and mm -hmm. and, and work at it and if you want to get better we have the plentiful opportunities for all that right um, but when you know you're good at something, it's like, cool, I can do this. And like, yeah. I, I feel like you, your script writing and like what you're saying about the, the performance and all of it, it's like, you get it. You get the production in a way that I really appreciate. And mm -hmm. I'm always thrilled to see whatever you come up with. And I don't want to ask you to do something consistently. I want to ask you to, whenever you have an idea, let's go, yeah. you know? And like, when there is that passion and that spark, like let's deliver on that promise of what you see in your head as much as possible. Right. Um, and it's just been awesome to be able to find that balance. I say this a lot and I, I always want to keep saying it that like, we do our consistent content in the core stuff and the the Patreon stuff, the ad free, and then the the sponsorships and the like the ad reads in the the podcast we do and all that 
as our consistent stuff that we want to have the quality. We want to make sure everything we're doing, we actually believe in. But then all that allows us to do these things inconsistently yep. when we want to, how we want to, without needing it to hit a goal or it to hit numbers or hit it to do whatever. It's just right. like the point of it is we believe in it and we want to push it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that stuff has been been really awesome. And like I I'm so so jealous that you guys get to do this stuff but I'm i mean you so, can do it too I, I know i know yeah. but it's literally for me it's more just like time. spending all the time trying to figure out the consistent stuff to be able right. to do the stuff that's where yeah, it gets yeah, hard yeah. but then i also have found like you know what my place in in content of like what i'm good at what i'm less good at and all that stuff um and it's been you know it's an ever-evolving process right but i just think it's really cool to see everyone here kind of like over the years hone that and find that and how it works with others you bring up the kevin in the tech side it's like you know kev does know more tech stuff than you do mm -hmm. however you get how to use you have a, a more concise vision i think mm -hmm. of like implementation a theory mm -hmm. of it all and so i always find it interesting of like what project should kevin run versus barrett and mm -hmm. there's a difference and sometimes oh either's fine yeah. but sometimes it's like this requires more of a barrett mind this requires more of a kev mind and i like that it's yeah. like i love that it's not a uh there's not an answer to every question but it's like i feel like we have really good starting points because we all bring such unique quality we all have our specialties yeah it's yeah. just it's cool stuff man yeah, I, I and I want to shout out, you know, of course, uh, the best uh, uh, Patreon exclusive show, the kind of funny next gen podcast, which I think has like allowed me, especially uh, being a uh, uh, in studio, to like kind of uh, figure out what I am on a podcast, especially with like Blessing and Roger, who I've known before a work contact uh, mm -hmm. context and have been friends with them for years and years and years, um, and so I think like being able to do that with those two are like kind of the perfect kind of dipping my toes in every once in a while to be like all right what what is my role on a podcast uh that is kind of free form fucking whatever we're talking about uh as opposed to like a, a games cast where i say fuck what was the thing that i said on that jedi preview like a million times in one episode and I, I said a phrase over and over again but it was also i was just really nervous too that's so hard yeah. man i mean it, it's especially for previews when was the last time i previewed a game Sekiro? Sekiro, four <laughs> years ago. And yeah. I did that, I think, in the first month and a half of working here. <laughs> yeah. It's it's all stuff that you just kind of, I, I tell the story a lot, but um, when you're just around people, mm -hmm. you kind of learn how to do stuff even if you've never done it before. Yeah. So it's funny just like listening to podcasts. You can kind of be on a podcast and talk like you're on that podcast. Yeah. You can't nail it, but you can kind of do your best kind of version of it. And I think right. that's a good starting point that... When you've been around this so long, it's like, all right, cool, I know how to do this, even if I've never done a preview. Mm -hmm. When you do a preview, you do a great job every single time. And it's like, because right. you just know how to do it. It reminds me of when I was uh, in, when DDR was like popping off and I was obsessed with it. Um, when is it not popping off? Yeah, well, exactly. But it was <laughs> real, when it was like the phenomenon going yeah. to arcades every week, like on, there was a summer where every day I was at Pier 39 playing <laughs> DDR. Um, and going down there and like my friends, some of them would try, but like they weren't into it. Um, mm -hmm. but my, my best friend Curran never played, but saw me play so often. And then one day he tried playing. He's like, you know what? I'm going to just try it hard. Like I've, like I've seen you do it. I know how to do this. And he fucking kicked ass. Hell and yeah. it's like this weird thing of just like being around it long enough. You're like, oh, I see what's going on here. And it's like the dumb little, like it's a, it's a, uh, it's own sort of do. form of education. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. that stuff's cool. But um then thank you for the sean a aka shave raven says barrett what do you miss most about doing game capture if anything oh man i i was thinking about this a lot recently and because this is 
I try to think about B-roll a lot, uh, as some call me the the fastest fingers in the West when yeah, it comes I mean, to bringing up B-roll. Uh, B and it's literally just like trying to uh, kind of stay with a conversation, whether it's on Games Daily or Gamescast, or Gamescast doesn't have like a, a big preview or review. It's more of like, hey, what have we been playing? Yeah, and just so. trying to like searching YouTube as quick as possible just to, to bring things up uh, uh, that's can be as relevant as possible because something that I kind of uh, put into uh, this is going to be a weird roundabout way to get get to game capture. Um, when I started directing shows at IGN, kind of like one of the philosophies I had with uh, the person that wasn't really my boss, but was like a person I reported to essentially for uh, directing podcasts. It's like at the end of the day, it's like four people just like sitting at a table. Like let's when they're talking about a game, let's try to show the game uh, 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 for like the video viewers who might not have seen this game before. Um, and so that's like, I've always kind of had that mindset of like show, try to show as much as possible. Um, and I think like we also had that with like up at noon because up at noon is also was like, at least when I was doing it very like showing clips heavy. Um, and so yeah, to like bring that back to video capture stuff. Like I, whenever like we're building up to a, like a release of like a, for a review for like a, a major games, game. games cast, like I'm always like, fuck, I wish we had an extra code so I could, like, go in and, like, capture stuff. And, like, shout out to, Ble like, Blessing did a lot of uh, his own capture to to show off and stuff, which was awesome. Um, for game capture itself, because if you don't know, that was, like, yeah, that was, like, the job I had at IGN, um, starting as a contractor and then eventually full-time. Um, I was essentially, like, one of the people who, like, do the first 15-minute videos, uh, graphics comparisons, just fun, like funny like things that we thought would be cool to show and uh, headline and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm trying to think. I I really liked doing the like every cutscene videos. I didn't do many, but still my most viewed video on YouTube still to this day is the Injustice Two every cutscene, which I think is at like millions of views or something like that. Um, and it's like I love so funny. I love an editing. intern at IGN. Uh -huh. I did that for Mortal Kombat. Uh, that was every cutscene in any Mortal Kombat ever up until at that point it was leading into ten. Jesus Christ. That was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and so I loved editing that video because um, I, I decided to not just do every cutscene because you would get some of, like, the important dialogue leading into a fight. So I would, like, also do, like, a transition into that dialogue and then transition into, like, the... Yeah them getting like whoever you're fighting gets fucked up and then like transitioning into like the closing dialogue and then into the cutscene because for me i i felt like it added like Makes it a movie. if you yeah if you want it if you want of it exactly so like i didn't want to just do all right cutscene and here cutscene and here stuff i wanted to give like the kind of fuller context so someone who could sit down and just like watch the every like the entire injustice 2 story they didn't walk away being like i feel like i miss a, a thing here or there um which is funny because i remember like one of my first not first but like one of my standout memories of ign was watching ign's every injustice cutscene video because i think like i don't think i had the money to buy it yet so i just like i wanted to fucking know what the story was because it looks cool so um yeah I, I liked editing stuff like that um and like weird goofy things like eventually we had started having fun with graphics comparisons especially with all the remakes coming out so i remember doing a uh graphics comparison of uh spyro when the new spyro trailer came out like i recreated it yeah. going into all the spyro games uh there we also did a spider-man 2018 versus uh spider-man 2 graphics comparison oh. that i just like 
silly shit like that I, I, I do miss. Um, I don't miss the month that uh, Sam had me capture. Fuck, what's the really popular, uh, like, literally. Bird? No, um, like the match three, like the very big one uh, match three game that I'm blanking on. Uh, Candy Crush. Oh, gotcha. I had to play Candy Crush for like a month because Sam, like, and it, it, like you know, I know, like Sam's trying to work the like the wiki game, and Sam really wanted to. Um, Sam Claiborne wanted to like get in on like the wiki side of Candy Crush, which I don't know if that ever really panned out because I feel like Candy Crush is like kind of randomized uh, per level uh, to an extent. Um, but I, I know he was trying to get on that like board at home parent in the middle of the day playing candy crush looking up like solutions and yeah. shit i did that for like a month straight that i don't miss I've changed. I've changed <laughs> that that was where i i think i think i came home one day and i was like i think i hate my job yeah, yeah. god it's <laughs> that and when i had to fucking recapture the beginning of shadow of war like 15 times because i was trying to do a uh, graphics comparison and there was always one setting that was wrong because i remember like uh, it was Dessin and someone else who were like very like you have to have these specific color settings on a PC yeah. versus a PS4 versus an Xbox and it was on me but it was still just like a, oh my god this sucks so yeah the roller coaster of being in this industry hundred uh, percent and then Sean also writes in saying Tim how does the daily sub goal fit into the company's budgeting is that just considered bonus budget for the company what is considered the stable operating budget is it based on the kf day subathon first and foremost every year and then everything after that is additional you know it's really funny like my as the like business guy kind of funny and like programmer programming lead in terms of content and all that stuff and just making it all work mm -hmm. i don't think about anything in the way that you presented that like mm -hmm. i've never once thought about budgets it's more like what do we want to do how much time do we have how can we do it all and how what can we do consistently and what should be more one-off things because the most important thing for me is consistent weekly content that mm -hmm. we know that we can deliver on want to deliver on because mm -hmm. once we have that then i i figure out how to sell that package right. like that's the most important thing and selling the package means value to patreon value to sponsors value to like all that stuff that's where like budget comes into play mm -hmm. so that's kind of more understanding like i'm always trying to maximize all the parts of that optimize right. maximize like all the things right but it all comes back to what content do we want to make and what content do you guys want and then figuring out what's the best way to make as much money from that as possible right, right? but while being realistic and not overdoing things not over promising like that's just how i've seen so many people fail my entire strategy at kind of funny is to not let us fail and it's silly <laughs> it's a good strategy to say that but it's like i feel like so many other people are like bigger 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 and i'm right. like i know i say that sitting here in front of all this but it's like <laughs> the reality is this was designed to allow us to do so many things right turnkey with the team that we have mm -hmm. at a very high quality level and we do that yeah and i feel like so many other people buy fancy studios and then don't use them and and, and this is like one of the things that was also built in mind was like having running this kind of set and i, I think this was like something that needs to be explained to a lot of or not like not to the audience here i think they get it but mm -hmm. like whenever i talk to people who don't know us or anything mm -hmm. of like showing them the studio and they're like oh yeah that's cool i'm like yeah one person runs this that's it you know and that like designing that around it's either 
usually just Kevin or me in there in the back uh, running it all and designing it for that kind of stuff and designing it to the point where, like, if Kevin and I are out one day and, you know, Roger, who has never run a show in here, can go in there and, and like, figure it out. Yeah. It's like, and that's, that's the thing is, like, it's not perfect by any means. We're kind of pushing forward in a, in, in a way we, that no one else we've has. Been, we've been trying to get some specific things working for, like, the last couple of months that I think Kevin is, like, kind of... Uh, sadly deflated on, but for I was, right now, yeah, for right now. But I did tell him I was like, "Hey, the cool thing about it though is like we're kind of ahead of our time. We like, really tech, are, dude. Tech wise, the things that we are a cool thing to say, like an upsetting thing to say right now, but it's still really we're like uh, Howard Stark at the end of Iron dude, Man too. <laughs> straight up, man. The things we're doing right now in the studio are so uh, ahead of the times, mm-hmm. and at the same time, like we're what we're doing is already incredible. But what we're trying to do is even more incredible. Yeah. But what we're trying to do, the more incredible stuff. Is just to make it simpler and easier to yeah. be able to do like, and it's all more, like, like, and it's all things that like use the audience would not like. Even if we did figure that stuff out on the back end, you probably wouldn't notice the difference. But that's part of the goal, right? Is to not have it be noticeable of like making it all work as smoothly as it can. You know, when we first made the the first, well, the first real kind of funny studio, mm-hmm. right? Where we had the the video wall that's now the video floor. Um, the entire concept was we only have one space, but we have at that point five different shows or right. whatever it was. How do we make them all look different, uh, even though they're not? God, I remember those fucking walls. I know. So we I got we had miss we those, had those walls. fake walls, which was like so ahead of the time. Oh like, yeah, that, and like so, and the, that the physical practicalness of it. It's like there was a quality yeah, you only there. So you only saw that kind of stuff at like really big conferences. Yes. Yeah. And now here it's like we have this, which obviously is huge and so versatile for what we are capable of doing. But from every step of the process, from pre-production to production, all the way to post-production, our entire thing is keep it simple. Like, it looks so wild, but we have a robot jib. Like, that, <laughs> the, I, the, I'm so proud of this damn jib because, yeah. like, so many people didn't believe it. Ugh. They didn't believe it was going to work and whatever. And I get that because I remember you robot. told me and I was like, all right, we'll see, man. <laughs> because no one's ever cracked the code on jibs. You yep. see jibs at E3, at, at, at Comic-Con. There's always right a guy, man. You got to have a guy, man. You need a jib yeah. operator. And yep. for a jib operator, you need a, 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 a assistant director or whatever calling the shots yep. for the jib motions and all that. Guess what? We got something that we can program, pre-program in jib motions so it's a button press. Yep. And then this thing just goes so... Theoretically, if somebody wants to be hands-on in control, they can mm-hmm. literally manually or just through um, the, the, the yeah the software the software, or you hit a button, the jib just starts moving. It adds hella production value to our stuff, yep. but no extra work to anyone else. Mm-hmm. It's like those things, those decisions times a thousand. So going off of all that, like that is the type of stuff for me. Like, but when I think budgeting, I don't think money. I think time. Mm. and resources time is money like that and my whole thing is like the money's going to come if we just keep doing if we do what we believe in so right for me the wor- worrying about budgeting i am worrying about who is on what and when and what else are they on that day and when's this going live and this week is going to have a huge review for a game so that means our entertainment coverage like maybe we could do some in reviews for a franchise that's not as popular because I'm balancing out. Right. Like I need <clears throat> consistency. Like that is the, the one thing I need. And we've been we've gotten to a point where it's down to a damn science, man. Like we know what we do and we do it each and every week, and it pretty much never changes. There'll be an outlier where it's like super high. You can't count on those. Yeah, I can't count on a Phil Spencer interview. <laughs> when we get it, it's super nice. When we have this built-in system of we know what we're doing, so when we get a win, it's just a win. It's not like reinventing the wheel. Right. That goes back to the Twitch streams. We do them every day. We figure out all the stuff like the daily sub goals and all that stuff. 
all of that are, are mechanisms to keep making the stuff we want to do that you guys want. Mm -hmm. None of it is like, we got to hit this or else there's a problem. It's always trying to come up with fun ways to keep the content engaging. And it has to be monetized. There has to be money to make it all happen or else we don't stream. Mm -hmm. Like, I, people don't understand that every day, Kevin, Mike, Nick, and Andy, some combination of them for three hours three hours on content that doesn't yeah. even include the getting and into it and all that stuff like it is that is so much time of the day for a for half our company yeah. right that's and, a lot of time to be staring at a screen the light like right in front of your face then to also do other content so and then also be on other shows yeah. and then on top of that not just be on shows like we're stepping on our own toes putting out content when that's live but then there's another thing live and there's a screencast we're doing and yeah. it's like all of these decisions we gotta that's the budgeting of resources to mm -hmm. figure out maximizing what we want to do and what y'all want so uh again i appreciate your patience we're always trying different stuff yeah. like when we do any of the thermometer streams any of that stuff it's like it's always just to be able to do more none of it is this is literally the money we are raising for this that's just not how kind of funny works right and uh i feel like we understand that and it's hard to explain but yeah if i I, it, you guys you show up you get it yeah <laughs> uh and then eric myers writes in saying what's up guys with you two being the star wars boys in the office what upcoming project are you most looking forward to i'm personally hyped for acolyte just to see an era we haven't yet seen in live action thanks for all you do hopefully one day we can all share a fuzzy tauntaun at the cantina in galaxy's edge i love Hell that fuzzy yeah. tauntaun. Buzz it up dude make my mouth numb but let me rephrase this to you is there any shot it's not ahsoka for you <laughs> Yeah, no, like, I don't think anything can overtake my hype for Ahsoka right now. And it's kind of a perfect time that I found the podcast uh, More Civilized Age, which is um, Rob Zachney, Austin Walker, Ali Akampora, and Natalie Watson, um, all with, like, various degrees of Star Wars fandom. And they essentially the premise was to go through the Clone Wars show first, like, post that they've been doing Andor and I think they're moving on to Rebels now but that has been such the perfect build up to like Ahsoka um, of like seeing where the show like seeing where her and her first show were at fucking 15 years ago uh, and like there's so many things that they pick up on that I'm excited to like oh, I can't wait for this episode that I know that they're going to get to and like see see how they react to it um, so that's been like the and now knowing that they're doing Rebels uh, which I feel like Ahsoka is a season 5 of Rebels um I'm so excited to get to the get to there and kind of just like refreshing a little bit uh, going into Ahsoka. So yeah, no, there's no shot that anything can like really overtake Ahsoka. Like I could say the Filoni movie, but I feel like the Filoni movie is just kind of the sequel to Mandalorian and Ahsoka. You know, so yeah. You know. I mean, with that, my answer is head of the Empire, baby. Let's go. Like if we get this, if it is what I expect it to be. Like getting all these characters after hopefully some more wins. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully Ahsoka's amazing. And yep. like getting Ahsoka and uh, Mando and this like cast of characters we have, in addition to my boy Luke Skywalker, getting a Dave Filoni led Luke Skywalker vision, give my boy a shot in a mm -hmm. film. I think that it's not too late to recast him. I think it's not yeah. too late to figure that stuff out. Um, and I'm I'm hopeful that that's the case. Uh I saw the dude that the, like does the body performance. Just give it to him. He looks enough like Hamill it's, that, like, he, just do it. Just you know? do it, man. Um, so that would be my answer. But uh, besides that, it, the other movie, the Ray movie, the sequel, what I imagine is going to yeah, be episode man. 10, I'm excited for that. I yeah. feel like 
there's because I feel like there's a story to tell because I know everybody was dunking on it of like, you know, Ray's gonna try to bring back the Jedi orders. Like we've already tried this twice and it's failed. But like, yeah, but there's a story you could tell there about like why do they keep failing? You know, yeah. um, and that's it. Yeah, I'm very excited for that, and I'm also very excited. It's gonna be like the first Star Wars movie directed by a female of color. Like, yeah, I, I, there's a lot going for that movie that I think not enough people are giving credit for. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited for them. I, I hope they happen. <laughs> I still don't have full faith yeah. uh, with all that. But in terms of the shows. Yeah, like, remember the uh, Lando show that we were supposed to get? <laughs> I mean, we're still, it's still not canceled. And the droid <laughs> spinoff thing, which is weird. But, oh, right. Uh, a droid story. But, yeah, I, I in terms of the shows, I'm I'm excited for Ahsoka. But I don't have that personal connection of, like. Gotta finish Rebels. Like, I, I'm still working on it. I know. Uh, and I love Rebels, man. Yeah. It's so so damn good. But, like, like, this is one where I'm like, I'm happy you're getting this win, you know. Uh, but besides that, I was so enamored by Andor that like Andor mm. season two, I just can't wait for it. But at the same time, I just don't, I can't imagine it being as good as season one, but hopefully it and is. Especially with like the writer strike stuff that's going on right yeah. now. Like I like Ahsoka oh. it seems like it's done production. Like right now it's more in like uh, post-production, uh, which is good. Um, but yeah, with like, We'll we'll see what happens and or season two because yeah all of that makes me really nervous. Not saying like oh the writers shouldn't be striking like they have a lot to be fighting for as workers, but that like I do worry about like what the end result of that show becomes. Does does Disney try to kind of continue production on that? I know uh, what's his face is not currently um, like working on it right now. Um, what's it, the Luna? No, the showrunner, um, and I'm blanking on his name. Yeah, I had it too. He's also like he's also the writer, um, and because he's showrunner slash writer, uh, he's not working on it right now, um, in solidarity with the strike. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they try. Tony to- Gilroy. Tony Gilroy. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they try to continue production on that with what they have already i don't it's it's going to be weird so that one's that that is one that like if you asked me like three months ago like fuck yeah Andor season two right now i'm like mm, we'll see we'll yeah. see maybe it will be a heroes two situation you know yeah exactly <laughs> well let us know in the comments below what star wars project you're let us know in the comments below what that fucking zelda track is from yeah and that too we need to know um but hey real real quick i want to say the with star wars stuff is like what are we most anticipating my answer would have been survivor and survivor delivered survivor's so good it freaking delivered man. so good so talk about star wars in the comments engagement thank you for your support on patreon thank you for everything until next time i love you all goodbye <laughs>